Hey team, welcome to the off-season. The off-season is an exploration of athletic health, recovery, and performance told through stories of athletes and their medical and training team. I hope you enjoy. Now for a quick but mandatory medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of naturopathic medicine or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. Use of this material is at user's own risk. Listeners should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical conditions they may have and should seek assistance from their trusted healthcare professional for any condition. This podcast does not speak on behalf of naturopathic medicine and does not represent the views of the profession as a whole. Hey, we're back with another episode of the off-season. So today I have on Athena Martinez. She's an MMA fighter off the Australian Open team. And she just had most of the skin on the back of her legs burnt off. She's going to tell you her story here, but her headspace has absolutely been amazing through all of what she's just gone through. Definitely take a listen to this one. It's not only her story, but how to keep a positive mindset despite adversity. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey girl, welcome to the off season. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great. I'm sure you're so popular right now. Like a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of social media, lots of stuff going on. Hey, I'm not sure if popular for the right reasons or for the wrong reasons, but I'm hoping for the best for sure. Yeah, definitely. So why don't you tell a little bit of, uh, about our, yourself to our listeners? So I'm a jiu-jitsu athlete and um, and MMA fighter as well, um, fighting out of the Australian top team. And I think a lot have changed in the past couple of weeks for me, as you know, and it's very, very nice for me to be having this chat with you today because there is a lot about what happened that I want to share with people and just share and show them that uh, it's not because we are athletes that we are different. It's it's just the perception that we have about life that we need to adjust. And and that's what I want to kind of share to like people because they always think like, like, oh, you're an athlete. That's why it's so easy for you, right? So it's not really about that. So that's what the main thing that I want to talk to. It's like people, we are all humans. We are all the same. And, you know, well, you can do it as well. Right. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a bit about your background. Like, how did you get into MMA? How did you get into jiu-jitsu? Like, where did that all start? Well, so I have my Brazilian side. So jiu-jitsu is that thing that it's kind of in our blood. Uh, and I started, I think it's going to be two years now. And I've just been training hard. I'd found a proper gym that it motivates me, that people believe in me. And Everyone there is just amazing and they push themselves hard and they have that very strong mentality of like never quitting, never giving up and always giving their best. So I love training with them. And I started because I think I didn't have any confidence in myself as a human, as a person and as a woman. Mm -hmm. And Someday I just decided, I woke up and I decided, you know what, I'm going to be the writer of my own story because I'm the one holding the pen. So I'm going to take care of my life myself. And, you know, that's how I decided to start Jiu-Jitsu. And, and it gave me all the confidence that I needed. And now I'm on MMA and it's been amazing. 
That's so cool. And like the ease of which you say that is pretty amazing to me. So most people to say that they have no confidence and they weren't really loving where they were going and just kind of taking, you know, life into your own hands and switching that up. Have you been athletic your entire life? Like, did you always do sports growing up or was this new or tell me a little bit about that? Oh, I actually, no, I used to do a lot of drugs. I used to drink a lot and I would not go up a set of stairs if you ask me to because I was that lazy and it was just literally that decision you know because once you have that thing that it's been bothering you in the back of your head you know you just gotta do something about it and it's about you have that moment in which you know you gotta do something but you don't do and then suddenly one day you just decide to have the actions and actually put it into practice and then I became a very athletic person from like this just from night to day that's pretty wild like that's pretty rare that that happens usually you know most athletes have an inkling growing up or played a bunch of sports or tried a bunch of things so literally was there like a culmination of events that you know happened and led you to that overnight switch or like what fill me in um so for me I think it was just like that um all these circumstances growing up and just being surrounded by like people with that negative mentality, right? And like how difficult life is and how you're never going to be someone and how you're never going to be able to achieve stuff. Um, So that was the the circumstances that I was finding myself into through years and in relationships and friendships and just being in your comfort zone all the time and not striving for anything, right? And then I just decided to one day, you know, I'm going to take care of my own decisions because that's what I can do. It's on my hands. So that's it. Then I moved to Australia and I decided to become a new version of myself. And here I am four years later, you know. I love it. That's so awesome. Was uh, Why Australia? Why did you pick there? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's funny you ask that because everyone asks me that. And um, I actually work as a vet. Uh, so I literally just typed on Google countries that w- would allow me to work as a vet and give me a visa. And Australia was the first one. And I'm like, I'm going to Australia. <laughs> That's so then, yeah. <laughs> Look, it's easy as you make it to be, right? And every every, I think... It's, that's the thing about embracing your reality is that you have a stimulus and then you have a response to it. So you have something that happens to you and then you got to make a decision. You, you either stay the same or you change or you have that situation that is happening and you don't do things about it or you do everything to change what's happening to you. And, and, that's, and, and that's the thing that I've been trying to tell people. and with a little bit of my story and, and more, even more now with, with the accident that I had, it's that the way that you perceive your life is it determines the quality of your life. So the way that you look at your life, it's going to dictate how good your life will be, you know? So we need to understand that every day we make decisions in our reality it's based on our decisions every day. You can wake up and 
make her bed or you can wake up and not make her bed. You can wake up and go to work. So uh, I think that's, that's what people don't understand is that we need to make our approach towards life the best way possible. And that's what I've been doing since I had that thing snapping inside of me and saying, hold up, go, you know, we are more than this, you know, mm-hmm. you, it's time for you to make the best version of yourself happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's when I went and Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I think, yeah, oftentimes we think of it has to be some massive thing that happens to us for change. It's, it's pretty rare to hear a story where it was just kind of like an overnight switch. So I'm excited that people can hear that and can hear that, you know, it doesn't have to be this super long journal process. Like it's a decision that you make and you wake up each day and you decide if it's going to be a good day or a bad day. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then, and that's the, it's funny with, um, with this situation and where I am right now in my life, I have, a great quantity of followers that love me and been helping me and supporting me so much. Right. And, and again, about like perception, right. And perspective, um, half of them go and message me saying, Oh, you're so strong. I don't know how you do it. And the other half go and like, Oh my gosh, I think it's, it's amazing, you know, we're inspiration, but half of them, they always have like that negative mm. point of view towards pain. But for me, I think pain, it's a great learning opportunity, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's what people don't realize. They, they put themselves into the pity party and where like, oh, something is happening to me and I'm not happy with this and it's a bad situation or are just not having a bad day. But if we stop and think of pain and reflection, we're going to have a successful situation, Mm -hmm. right? But we are only so focused on the pain and how we're suffering and how we're struggling that we forget that the pain is going to force us to think logically Mm -hmm. and and it's going to force us to evolve, right? Mm-hmm. If we decide to, right? Yeah. And and if you stop and think about it, like evolution, if you stop and think, evolution is either dying or adapting, right? Yeah. And people forget that. And so people go like, oh my gosh, if I was you, I would be so depressed. I don't know how to do it. You're just so strong and blah, blah. And, and that's where the social media comparison comes. And it's very, it can go two different ways right mm-hmm. yeah because people sorry go ahead yeah people like they they think they're like oh that person is stronger than me and or i am weaker than the person but they don't realize that in certain points yes we will have different levels of like being stronger being weak but we are still humans and we are are all the same and we are all relatable in a certain way Yeah, I'm so glad you're speaking of it like this. So on a daily basis, I see patients all of the time. And I think sometimes we get caught up in that this is happening to me or this this chronic illness is who I am or this is, you know, a part of me. And how could you ever feel heal from something if you feel it's part of you, right? Exactly, exactly. 
Exactly. I love that. Like I love how you mentioned that because it's all about back to how you see your life mm-hmm. and how you, uh, what's your mindset every day. And we forget that bad things happen to everyone yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Like we have like what? 8 billion people in the world. Do you think this bad situation is only happening to me? Like, no way. There are people going through situations worse than mine, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, I can't just be like, oh my gosh, feel, I, I can't just be sitting and, and feeling sorry for myself because that is not going to make anything better, right? Mm-hmm. So it's how we see our situation that will either changes or it's going to ruin us yeah. right yeah so on on, a, on my situation I could be like oh my gosh I'm so sad I'm at home I'm alone I need to stay in bed I can't have my dog and blah blah I can't leave my house and blah blah but look if you look on the bright side I can read lots of books I'm allowing myself uh, to rest I'm recovering from other injuries that I had and I never let myself rest properly you know so there it really depends on how we're going to look in a, a situation that it's happening to you because yeah. everything will pass this is not going to be like forever mm-hmm. it might take a month it might take six months it might take one year but it will pass you know yeah so sure. like yeah so we got to just embrace our reality and the reality is like for me when i've realized that that happens every day. And for me, I I realized when I was at the hospital and when I looked back at my legs and I I knew that was bad, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I started crying. And when the doctor came and he said to me, we need to rush you into surgery, otherwise you're gonna lose your legs. I had to take a deep breath, mm-hmm. embrace my reality, think logically, and be like, okay, I have two options here. Either I start crying here and I'm going to take longer to make a decision, or I'm going to make the decision now. I'm going to try to find people to help me with the money. I'm going to try to make this happen. I'm going to wake up. going to recover, you know. And so that was my my self-talk, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what people don't do. They get lost in those thoughts and in those, <clears throat> those emotions. Mm-hmm. And then the day for, they forget to embrace what's actually happening and, and see how it actually is. Yeah. We get caught up in that. What if so often? So what if the surgery didn't go well? What if the outcomes aren't what we thought they were going mm. to be? What if I can't raise the money, but like you just had this underlying mindset to be like, well, you got to yeah. try, you got to do something. Right. And I yeah. think oftentimes to this, this relative comparison of worse. So I heard that a lot throughout COVID from a lot of people, a lot of patients like, Oh, but there's people who are so worse off than me. And I get that and I respect that, but it sounds like, and you understood that, but you also took your reality. So that's devastating. If, if you lost your legs, that would be absolutely devastating. And even the situation that you, you are currently going through, which for all listeners, we will get to right after this, because I know you're probably curious about what happened, but um, 
yeah, this, this comparison mechanism is brutal. It's, it's literally your reality and what you can take from it and what you can do for that from it. So it's almost like putting blinders on to everyone else's suffering for a minute. Right. And just getting through what yeah. you're through. Hey, yes. It's uh, it's interesting that you're talking about this things. It's, I call them blind spots, right. Mm-hmm. And the blind spot, it's something that affects our ego so much. And that is uh, people that know me very well will kind of will laugh about it because the ego and the blind spot, it's all uh, it's always something that I struggle with because the ego is your emotion, which I can control very well, right? And I always manage to have a realistic look at life. And that's that comes from reading lots of historic books and having that practical approach in life. Um, but the problem for me, and I think for everyone, are those, is those blind spots in life. And the blind spots are the things that we don't see coming because we think that it's never going to happen to us. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like we are not prepared. We think like, oh, like we, we know that, for example, we're going to lose a loved one someday, but we don't think it's going to happen to us today mm-hmm. or anytime soon. You know, but we know that one day we're going to have an accident, but we don't think it's going to happen like so soon. And then we are not ready for that. So that's that's what the blind spot makes our ego a bit high and making us feel so special that nothing is going to hit us and nothing is going to affect us. And that's where I was like, whoa, I wasn't ready for this. I was getting ready for my fight tomorrow, you know, like, well, how come this happened to me? Like, like, but I could have got stuck, stuck in those thoughts of like, why me? Oh my gosh. And it's that, it's that situation in which you have, has a great example about two people reversing in a parking lot and they smash their cars into each other and nothing really big. Nothing really happens. One gets out of the car going, oh, Jesus, this always happens to me. Why only me? I'm, the, I'm not a good luck person. And then the other guy comes out of the car and goes, thank God we didn't get hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's their perception that, you know, I kind of try to, sh- I'm trying to show people that it's, it's how they need to see life through, like with a better perception of what's happening to them, mm-hmm. you know. And we know like your brain physiology impacts the rest of your body so much. So if we live in this state of constant negativity and like even the research coming out for, you know, long term um, cancer management in, in um like end stage cancer care, the more positive you are, the the better outcomes there are for so many diseases now. And we're finally starting to look at that in literature and looking at in the research. So I think it's so cool to have like, you know, real life examples of that. And we look at your healing process, it's probably going to be expedited because of how positive you are. And when we say that, like, it's not really a magic positivity thing, but it's way positive than, you know, negativity certainly isn't going to help the situation. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I think like our brain, it's something that we can train. Right. Mm -hmm. And if we are used to having 
a type of thinking, you know, and we don't try and force us to change, we're going to think that way forever. So like me before, like eight years ago, or even like six years ago, uh, I had a different, uh, like different mindset. I had to train my brain to program and think differently, you know, and I think, I think people don't understand that, like, although we are all different, we are all have um, different situations, different circumstances, different perspectives. In the end, it's all about ourselves and our, like, us taking our lives in our hands and being like, okay, how can I live my life the best way possible? And how can I look at the situation the best way possible? Because whinging about it's not going to help. And I'm not going to say that like, there are not days that I'm, you know, I'm happy all the time, but I don't allow myself to get stuck on those thoughts. I let them come in. I embrace them and I let them go. You know, I have a bad new, like, when I had the second surgery, I've cried one, two, three hours, as long as I wanted to. I embraced that feeling. Same day, I was smiling and thinking, well, at least I'm having an opportunity to have a second surgery. I'm having a lot of people donating money. I'm having still my legs. So, you know, it's, it's all, it's, that's what I, I want to show people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. And I think it's interesting when you speak about those blind spots in life. So um, I had a guest as one of the first first or second podcast episodes, and she ended up um, having breast cancer. And when she talked to her doctor, uh, she kind of talked about it as if it was one of those blind spots. Like, I didn't see this coming. It wasn't going to be me. I can't believe it's happening to me. And then the doctor said, like, you've been preparing your whole life for this. Like she was an athlete, a fighter, a go-getter and, and potentially like you even making that decision a few years back to like switch into the fighting mode and to like take charge of your life was that initiation to be able to handle whatever's coming next yeah. to you. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we think that it's going to, our pain today is going to stop us from having like, oh, just because I had something bad happening to me today, that means that nothing ever gonna happen to me again, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But the bigger the mountain that you climb, the biggest the next one will be. Mm-hmm. Because you are stronger now and you're more capable of going through that, right? And Jesus, like, well, you know, I know this is going to make me stronger. I'm not ready for the next one yet, but I know that when the next life, uh, whatever thing happens to me, I will be ready because I will be living in that present moment. And I will be remember everything that I went through and everything that made me the person that I am at that exact moment. And I'll remember, okay, I've gone through this. I've nailed it. I know I did amazing. This is just going to be, another mountain that I climbed, you know? Yeah. 
Definitely. And like, so a few months back, I messaged you and I saw your social media and I just saw like how positive you were and what a hard worker you were. And I was like, Hey, she looks pretty cool to talk to. So I kind of asked you to come on the podcast and then, you know, a bit of COVID happened and then this event happened to you. So why don't you, you walk us through, I remember seeing some of the clips and some of the videos of of what went down and I was shocked, you know, of, of the whole situation. So yeah, just tell me start to finish what went on. So I was getting ready for my fight. So I was having my fight on the 27th of November. And so I started the weight cutting process. And on the 25th, I started with the weight cutting and like everyone does, like the hot saunas and and the hot baths. On the 26th was my weigh-in day, right? And we were supposed to be meeting everyone at the gym around four because the weigh-in was supposed to be at six o'clock. And I got this message from my nutritionist at the time saying, hey, you just finished your weight cutting. Um, Would you like to go for a cryotherapy session? And I'm like, well, I've done cryo before. And, you know, I trust in every one that I, I work with because I'm an athlete and I don't know stuff. I do whatever people tell me to do. And unfortunately, I've never had worked with that guy before. Um, and then he say, you know, let's go to this clinic. So I never really knew either of them. So anyway, I went to that place and when he put me inside the cryotherapy, um, there are a few different types of machines, but the machine that he had uh, kind of sprays nitrogen on you, is straight in contact with your body. And with the, with the cryotherapy, like you got to go inside with uh, boots, like socks, and you got to go with gloves because the temperature is very low. So on a normal regular machine would be around minus 150, 180 degrees. Mm. Uh, I don't know how much that is in Fahrenheit, but it's very low. His machine was set up for minus 195. So it was already stronger, right? And the maximum time allowed is three minutes. And he left me there for six minutes. So what happened was that my legs got frozen and the problem with the nitrogen when it gets in contact for with your skin is that the crystals they get inside your your main brain they get inside your skin and they get inside your muscles and they continue to burn so at that time i finished the cryo you know could see my legs starting to get red but i thought you know they might be normal so through the hours we've been passing and I'm, I'm at the gym now and I'm waiting for my weighing and I'm just under the shower because my legs were so hot, right? Mm. And I, could, I started seeing some blisters popping in the back of my leg and I'm like, and I'm sitting there waiting for the, uh, for the weighing and I'm like, oh, I better ask my friend, which is a nurse, what's a good cream for me to put on it? You know, because I'm fighting tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. So I had no idea how bad it would become. And she looked at that photo and she messaged me straight away. She was like, 
go. You need to go to the hostel right now. If I was you, I'll get an ambulance and go as fast as you can. And I'm like, like, what are you talking about? You know? Mm. So I went to the burn clinics and by the time I got there and she actually met me there, by the time I got there, my legs had like these massive blisters. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm like, this, this isn't looking good. So on the 26th, it was on the same night, they drain all the blisters. They put those bandages and they tell me to go back on the next day. So go back there on Friday. That's my fight night. I'm fighting at 7 p.m. and that's 10 a.m. So the nurse is initially just going to change my bandage, right? When she looks at my legs, because the, the, the crystals continue to burn through the entire night, and I, I kind of knew that because I was in such excruciating pain all night. You know, I, I, I was feeling like a barbecue, like I was roasting inside those bandages. Um, so when she called the doctor, the doctor tell me, we need to get you into surgery right now, otherwise you're gonna lose your legs. And I knew that because when I looked back, like I was facing down, when I looked back, my legs were with these gigantic blisters, like tennis ball size, and they were all black. And I'm like, this isn't good. So the first surgery was to remove on my left leg, they removed pretty much the entire skin. 50% of my, the entire 50, they removed 50%. So the entire back of my leg, they removed. And on the right side, they removed, so inside my legs, they removed around 20% on the inside part of, of my quads and my, uh, and my calves. Um, so then I had to stay in hospital and, and after two weeks, I found out that the muscles behind my left leg, they, they were still burning because you don't know if you remove all the crystals or not, because you need to see the healing process, how it's happening. Mm -hmm. And on that day, the doctor, he always touched my leg in the back of my leg and I couldn't feel, right? And she was like, this isn't looking good. So he gets his scalp blade and he cuts in right inside my muscle. And I'm looking at that and it like, I can't feel anything. And there's not even blood coming out of it, right? So he looks at me and he goes, we need to have another surgery. And there I am like thinking with myself that I was going to get having those bandages removed on that day, going to be fighting in February, you know, but like I was ready for, for a situation. And then boom, again, got myself into a situation that I wasn't expecting. There was again, another surgery and again, all those costs. And again, again, having to help ask people to help me with the surgery money and again, having to have a surgery, right? And he said to me, he said, you either have a surgery or you're never going to be an athlete again because you're not going to be able to extend your leg. Mm -hmm. And you, if you're competing jiu-jitsu or MMA and someone forces your leg extended, it's just going to rupture your skin. Yeah. 
exactly. And and silly of me, I go like, doctor, just like a sausage. And he goes, like a sausage. <laughs> and I'm like, then I remember that I, that day I was devastated. That mm -hmm. day was the only day I think that I've actually cried, that I've allowed myself to cry for those those hours. And I was like, okay, here we go again. It's necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so yes, yeah. yeah. It was like day. so now I'm still I'm still at home mm -hmm. because I still have um, this area in which they had to do the skin grafting. Mm -hmm. um, so that area still has a high risk of infection. So I, I can't leave my house. And with the skin grafting, what I understand is that they place that skin there but it don't stitch with anything. So you can't really move much, otherwise the skin's not gonna glue together. Mm -hmm. So I'm literally now for four weeks in bed. Wow. Yeah, literally just, I get up, I go, you know, go to the, like, go to the kitchen. You know, I've been struggling with having my showers because of the bandages, you know, so I'm having a shower once per week. Mm -hmm. um, which is great because before I couldn't even, you know, yeah, I was yeah, having the shower with the with the baby not baby tissues. So <laughs> that's so wild, and like all of the all of the outcomes you don't think about, like how difficult a shower would be, how you can't have your dog right now, like that one hit. Yes, home. like the one comfort in life would be probably having my dog with me through all of this. But yes. the infection right wouldn't wouldn't allow you to do that. Yeah, but that's and that's. And then these are thoughts that I have every day, but again, just for a second, because then the thoughts of gratitude mm -hmm. take over. And it's like, thank God I have someone taking care of my dog for me. Mm -hmm. Thank God I have all those people that donated money. So I was able to pay for the surgeries, right? Mm -hmm. Thank God I still have my legs. And and that's, that's like what makes me happy right now. And um, it's how I am being able to use the social media, not for that bad way the majority of the people see it as a, oh, social media makes me depressed because I compare myself to all the pretty models that we see. Mm -hmm. Now I'm being able to use social media as an impactful, with an impactful way that we all have bad things happening to us. We all struggle, but it will all pass. And we all have our weaknesses, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and it's not because I am an athlete and I'm always a positive person that life's not going to bring me bad situations, you know? Like, I am relatable to everyone. I'm not... Uh, I'm just as human as everyone else. So... The, the the main lesson for me, I think it's, and what I, what what I've been trying to show to people is that social media sometimes because people sometimes judge me that I'm like, oh, but you're allowed to you're allowed to cry, you you're allowed to you know be sad, but like guys, I am I don't want to cry. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to, I don't want to be a victim. I am not a victim. I'm, I'm a warrior. Mm 
I'm a fighter, you know? And that's what I've been trying to share with all my Instagram posts is that all the struggles that we go in through life, they're going to force us to evolve towards our personal evolution. And I see that and I am learning so many things from there and I am evolving, you know, and this mm -hmm. is how I'm, what I'm trying to pass to people with all my Instagram posts and with all the messages that I, I'm sharing that like, guys, guys, it's going to happen to you too, eventually something, you know, but that doesn't make it the end of the world. Right. right. Yeah. And I think social media is tough. Like you could put, you know, what you believe to be the best content out there and there's going to be someone who you will say something about it, you know? So I'm just so inspired by seeing how positive you are. And I think everyone should take note of, you know, the possibilities out there. And you're right. It's not all sunshine and butterflies. Like it's something very serious happened and you have emotions towards it, but that you're just not letting them like control the outcomes yeah yeah, yeah. Be because as you said um your mind controls your your body and your mind will help your body to heal you know if i was only having bad thoughts and and we we, we know this for ages now like it's about that it's not about the positive thinking it's about the law of attraction right mm -hmm. It's if I was thinking every day that my leg looks ugly, that my legs, you know, all those bad thoughts, it could, I would not be healing in like in a good way that I think I am healing right now, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so, you know, like simple studies when we like talk to plants positively, like they literally have better outcomes, which is just exactly. mind blowing. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And imagine we did that. Imagine everyone was talking to each other like that of how, you know, powerful we all are and what capability capabilities we have. And I think, you know, athletes in the general population, like sometimes you just need a coach in your corner and sometimes you have to be your own coach in your corner too, to say like, well, let's get going. You got this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because in the end of the day, uh, yes, you have your coaches and they're a major part of your life. Uh, and your motivational and, 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 and the beliefs that you have in yourself, but also uh, at the end of the day, when you have an injury and athletes go through injuries all the time, like at the end of the day, is you waking up by yourself in your bed, mm -hmm. you know, doing your own things and, and going to bed by yourself, you know, so it's you and you alone. Mm -hmm. So you got to make that decision of, what type of person, what type of mentality you want to have and you want to be, you know? So, mm -hmm. so that's, uh, and, and of course for fighters, sometimes it's, you know, we have the grinding mentality, always hustling, you know, always, but I just wish that people could understand that it's not like, Oh, it's easier for her because it's not, it's yeah. not easy. Nothing you know? about like, easy, right? Yeah. Yeah, do you think it's easy for me? Like, I had to be like three weeks without having a shower. Do you think that's easy for me? You know? Absolutely not for anyone, right? What about like, so there is there is that headspace that like, 
there's this zone that athletes get into in terms of mental fortitude and toughness. Would you say that was like part of your personality in fighting previous to all of this happening, or is this something that continues to evolve over time? I think um, always evolving and always evolving within my own weaknesses, right? That sometimes people don't know, but we know our flaws. We need to ask ourselves the hard questions and, and we need to admit that we are not perfect and we don't know everything, right? So I know that like for me in the beginning with all my uh, fighting and, and, and jiu-jitsu and, and training, I always in the beginning thought about proving everything and proving everyone that disbelieved me, mm -hmm. proving them that they were wrong. But now my mentality changed to choose to, to show the people that believe in me that they are right, you know? Yeah. So, so I think that is, it's, it's, it's always changing. You always learn something. So before I was trying to, I was fighting to prove my haters wrong, but now I'm fighting to prove that people that believe in me, that they are right when they say that I'm all about my heart and I can do it. And, you know, and so I think we're always evolving, always, always. And a fighter, they have that, um, they give, they kind of give hope to people in a way of how, how much discipline they have, how much motivation and determination they have, even when they don't want to go training or when they don't want to do things. Like, it shows people that like, look, we don't want to do these things sometimes, but we do, you know? Mm -hmm. And we don't want to eat healthy all the time, but we do, you mm -hmm. know, and that's part of life. And if I can do it, why can't you? you yeah, know? definitely. And that's kind of what I try to like explain to a lot of patients on a daily basis too. So, um, I guess a little bit well, more well-known for working with athletes and, and I try to break it down to everyone. It's not that you, the high level athletes, don't want cake and don't want wine and don't want all of the delicious things. It's just that they're dri driven towards this yeah. goal that they've chosen. Right. Yeah. And use one. And there's no difference between the two different types of people. It's just what you're working towards and what your goals are yeah. and what your headspace is around it. Hey. Yes. It's, it's, it's finding what success means for you and finding what's a meaningful life for you. Mm -hmm. You know, so for me, success is to every day being able to go training and be 1% better every day and give the best of me, you know, into that training. That for me is a successful day, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and that's, that's my, my daily goal. Mm -hmm. And people just don't have that in themselves because they don't ask them, themselves those questions. They don't know what they want. They don't know what's, what success means for them. They think success is about like, oh, this is all about having a Ferrari and being rich. But success sometimes, it's just being able to accomplish little things in your life. Yeah. You and know? Celebrate those and celebrate your exactly. Wish, right? yeah. exactly. So for me, it's to, and, and, and that's not going to be the same forever, you know? And for me, success is knowing that every day, I'm respecting my body. I'm allowing this, my body to heal. 
you know, I've been struggling to eat a lot. So successful day for me is when I manage to eat well, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that uh, it changes. So we cannot have that mentality that we are all the same and we are going to be the same forever. Mm-hmm. We're not the same as we were in the past and we're not going to be the same as we are going to be in the future. Mm-hmm. So we need to stop getting stuck in those in those emotions and just embrace our reality mm-hmm. for how it is. Definitely. And kind of with the environmental changes that happens in life, like COVID was a massive example for that. Everyone was so used to their habits and did the same thing day in and day out. And then we yeah. took the capabilities away to do your day to day, you know, and everyone was lost, like depression, anxiety, all of these things were absolutely through the roof and, and people's lives were just scrambled. And, and the best advice that I had for anyone was like, make it, make a functional to-do list, like get some organization throughout your day, get some stuff accomplished, like feel good about it, you know? And it's, I would imagine similar to injury management, as you had said, like, make sure you're eating enough food, try to do a of rehab try to do the thing yeah. you're gonna you know expedite the healing process you know yeah it's about it's about small wings people think that like they need to have a big win for them to be that they accomplished something but we take for granted the little things in life and how those little things are little wins that we have every day mm-hmm. so for example a person with depression should set set them like as a daily goal as to get out of bed, mm-hmm. you know, that's a small win, yeah. you know, like for me, a small win is to have a good, have a shower, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's why, that's why I had my last post with the picture of me in the shower. And what I've tried to show the people is they're like, you can have your small wins in different ways from, from different people, but you got to choose what is a, what is good for you? What's what's going to be your win? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you think that like nothing that we do, we, we think it's we become robots and we don't realize that little things that we do in our lives, in our day to days mm-hmm. are already little wins. Definitely. And it's so wild. Like some days for some patients when they're feeling down, I just get them to like tell me what they do on a daily basis. And when you write it down and show them, it's mind blowing. I'm like, you're doing all this stuff. That's crazy. You run a business, you take care of children, you, you know, keep a relationship going. Like all of these things are mind blowing. Right. And we just pass over them as if, you know, they're nothing or as if they're expected of this. Nothing is really expected, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's, that goes back to the comparison thing. They look at other people like running marathons and, you know, accomplishing big things. And they're like, oh, if it's not that big, I'm not accomplishing enough, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But they don't realize that life in itself is a big accomplishment. Yeah. And yeah. should be like, and you should cheer that every day. And it's like, mm-hmm. wow, I'm having another day, another opportunity mm-hmm. to be an amazing human and I'm going to embrace it, you know? And it's funny when you mention about the COVID because I had this moment of, wow, five seconds of anger this week. I was on a, I was on a dating app, right? Um, You know, bored, you know, (laughs) and, um, and then this guy was complaining how he was bored on a Saturday night at home. And I say to him, like, if you cannot find pleasure in your own company, 
that means that the boring is you <laughs> and not that life is boring. Because I've been by myself, you know, for four months now. Yeah. And I think it's great because I am not a boring person. Mm -hmm. So I'm capable of entertaining myself. So people need to think like, like, just enjoy, you know, enjoy what you have. Like, oh, I know COVID, it's been difficult. And in Sydney, we're having a second wave. But, you know, try and do something different. Try and make, take 30 minutes per day to make each room in your house better, you know, organize your things or to just do little things. And just, uh, just, but we need to ask ourselves those hard questions, you know, mm -hmm. what can I do today mm -hmm. that is going to be an achievement for me? Yeah. And I think that's exactly like you said, like COVID and being shut down from your day-to-day -day habitual routine was the only chance probably most people got to sit with themselves for a bit. And oftentimes one of the main things that I treat is difficulty sleeping because I'm pretty sure just before bed is the only time people sit with themselves for a little bit, you know, and then all the anxiousness comes up and all of the what ifs start to come up and stuff. So I think COVID was just an elongated pre-bedtime yeah. routine kind of, you know, so I just think it's fascinating how, how much we or how little we sit with ourselves and how much we need to sit with ourselves to really start to ask these questions and change our headspace, you know, for a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. And I recommend journaling uh, for everyone. Mm -hmm. And because people are always so focused on the wrong questions, mm -hmm. they are focusing on, I'm going to say, give an example about myself, right? I could be asking myself, why is this happening to me? Why life is choosing me? Why, what did I do wrong to deserve this, right? Mm -hmm. And that's uh, a negative way of thinking. But you can switch that thinking into a better way and ask different questions and have a better self-awareness and explore who you really are and then sit down with yourself and be like, okay, I'm having this emotion, I'm having this feeling. What is this feeling of pain, of fear is telling me, mm -hmm. right? So right now I'm scared. What am I scared about? Well, I'm scared because I might lose my legs. Okay, so what can you do right now to change that? Well, right now there's nothing that I can do. I can only wait and let my body heal and see what's going to happen. Okay, so what can you do now to help yourself a little bit to help your body to heal a little bit better? So then I'm like, okay, so then I need to don't have a stress, a stressful mindset. I need to find a way to entertain myself and I need to eat healthy, right? And then I go, okay, ways of entertaining. So these are questions that like I'm asking myself every day. And that's why journaling for me is so important because you ask yourself some questions that you normally wouldn't be asking yourself. And, and sometimes it's not even about asking yourself the questions, but also letting out those emotions and those feelings that you are, are feeling at that moment. So I think it's, it would be very important for everyone if they could embrace that calm and quiet moment in their lives as, as the COVID is giving everyone and 
use it as a self-awareness moment, a self-awareness tool and be like, okay, I'm going to have one month or two months or six months inside my house. And what can I do to improve myself and do this the better day possible, you know? Yeah, that was a perfect answer. You know what I mean? Like there's when people always ask like how to journal or what to write about and that literally like I want to take that and record it and just play it for everyone because it sounds so simple, but that's exactly how we get results, right? Like overcomplicating these things and putting a bunch of what if this happens and what if this happens yeah. is how it gets so convoluted and complicated. Yeah. So literally, as you said, okay, I need to do this. This is all I can do about it. Yeah. How do I step, step, step? Like it's, it's yeah. great. Um, I kind of want to talk about, you know, the sport in general and how, you know, weight cutting practices are hopefully starting to evolve and change and, um, like, what was your experience throughout the entire cut? Was that all good for you? And, and in the past, have they always been good? Or is it always kind of like rushed and, and you know, big cuts and stuff? Tell me about that. Um, I think it's, I was talking to, um, to now my normal and regular dietitian, uh, Jordan, the, past, the last week. And I was telling him like how, how good it makes me feel because normally I walk in, I walk normally around 65 kilos mm -hmm. and I fight at 57 kilos. And it's when I get back to like 62, 63, I'm just feeling amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling strong and fast and sharp. And he was explaining to me, all that physiological hormones and things about that, I don't really understand, but, but look, it's not easy because there are lots of things that you, a lot of routine that you got to put in place and in place and a lot of foods that you need to avoid. And, you know, you got to literally count how much of these and how much of that you're eating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then you go to work and everyone is having a birthday party and everyone is eating a cake and you're like, you know, if I eat that slice of cake, that going to mean that I'm going to have to stay another 20 minutes in the sauna, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So weight cutting is never, it's never fun because you, you can't have that normal life that you would have as you, if you were training. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not fun at all to put your body into extreme conditions. Uh, but I think that's when a good team on your side and having people to support you and help you help you going through that process makes the biggest difference, you yes. know? Yes. So with the fight dietitian, Jordy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wicked. I'm so happy you're with him. He's a, uh, for all fighters listening to this, anyone listening to this in, ter in terms of like weight cutting athletes, definitely check out his content because it's so, yeah. it's so right on, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working now. I've been working with Jordan. I think, since I started my, um, my jiu-jitsu as a jiu-jitsu athlete, and now I'm working with his associate, uh, Jack. And, um, yeah, we are working out how I'm going to manage my uh, nutrition through this recovery process mm -hmm. just because I don't really want to eat. I don't feel like eating anything. So we are trying to work on that, how I'm getting my nutrients in the best way possible for me. And so I, so I help my body instead of just avoiding eating, you know? 
Yeah, I love that. So did the uh, cryotherapy place, like, did they reach out? Did they say anything? Did they, were they like, what had a background? No, no, like they've been, well, they've been in contact with, um, in the beginning, they were in contact with my uh, strength conditioning coach, mm-hmm. uh, Mir, which has been, you know, amazing. And he was the one doing all that contact between them because I didn't want to talk to that guy, you know? Mm. And so he was the one like questioning and like, like if you know that a body is overheating, why would you put that body inside an ice machine? You know, like, you know, everyone knows that that's not how it works. And so they have been ignoring everything, haven't been helping with any financial bill any medical support, mm. any phone call, nothing. Just working normally, still with the doors open and still like never happened, you know. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, there's not much I can do about it. Um, and, and that's the other thing. I could be complaining about that every day and be angry about that. But I'm like, you know what? I can't control how that guy's deals or or go to bed every night, how he sleeps, you know, Mm -hmm. I can control how I sleep. And so I'm just going to do what I can. And uh, if that's his principle and his value in life about ignoring someone that he injured like badly, Mm -hmm. if that's his way of seeing life, if that's his value, Mm -hmm. I just feel sorry for him, you know, for have to live with himself every day, knowing that, those are his principles, you know, that he almost killed someone. And it's not the first time that he burns people at his clinic. Wow. And yeah, yeah, it's not the first time. And he's burned other people before. Um, so, yeah, there's nothing really that I can do right now, apart from focusing on my recovery and, you know, just hope that, life just gives him what he deserves, you know, because life, there, there is a justice in life that will come one day, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting. You say that you, you kind of want to like give somebody the benefit of the doubt of, of like, obviously accidents do happen, but the fact that it's, you know, continuing to happen is probably is definitely where the, the problems arise. Right. So yeah, I, I, again, applaud your headspace around that and, and it's all you can do is to move forward. Right. So where does, what is the projection now? Like, what are doctors saying? What does it look like for you? Does anyone give you timelines for anything? Or is it literally just like a waiting game and seeing how the legs heal up? It's, it's a waiting game, but um, because it really depends on how your body is healing. Uh, because I have bandage changes only twice per week. So my last bandage change was on Friday. So today, after finishing here with you, I'm having another one. Mm-hmm. So from Friday to Tuesday, so much can improve. Yeah. So I'm like so excited to see what he's going to be saying and what's the, um, what he thinks he, when I can go back training, when I can, I'm going to be able to go back to work. Um, I am probably starting with my physiotherapy at the end of this week. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited for that, that because right now, because I got to leave that skin graft without moving. 
so it sticks properly. There's, I can't really do any exercise, even if it's push-ups, mm-hmm. because I can't sweat. Mm-hmm. Because the sweat would make that, that, that the skin get wet and would just not stick together with my own body. So mm-hmm. right now, there's not even like a push-up that I can do, you know, because people are like, oh, you can do upper body. It's just your legs. But like, like no, no, I can't, not even, you know, because whatever I sweat, it's bad for my, um, for my recovery. So today I will see how is, is it looking in comparison to, to five days ago. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to start with a plan of physiotherapy and when I'm going to be able to start doing some upper body exercises and, and then go back to the gym and then go back to normal life. But um, he is expecting probably beginning of February, end of January mm-hmm. for me to be able to be back at training normally. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Hey, yes. So yeah. I'm, I'm like just patiently waiting. Mm-hmm. What do you do on a daily basis? Like you talked about nutrition, but like what specifically, like what's Jordy got you on high protein, like lots of food. Yeah, the main thing now is the the high protein. And what we're trying to work on is um, it's trying to make me, because I'm, I'm kind of avoiding food mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like eating. So mm-hmm. we're trying to make a way that I'm, I, I drink my calories more than I um then I eat mm-hmm. instead of like having, for example, chicken and, and uh, some sweet potato because I'll be like, Bleh, I don't <laughs> want that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so we're trying to work in a way that I'm able to enjoy more what I'm drinking because that's easier for me mm-hmm. than how much I'm eating, you know, instead of forcing me to eat all those meals. It's, so we're working on that right now mm-hmm. uh, because I think it's also like all the medications, um, and yeah, so I'm avoiding sugar, so no sugar for me. And um, I'm avoiding all those white, um, like bad carbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still wants me to have a little bit of carbs, even though I'm on, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not allowed to exercise. Um, but I'm still on my normal weight, so I'm on 65 now. Um, but, you know, I'm just trying to respect what's been telling me to do so have all those good fats so it's all about eating clean you know that Mm -hmm. that avocado bacon eggs Mm -hmm. you know having your good fats and your and a lot of protein and a lot of water because the water is what's we are made of water yeah so the majority of the time i'm just sitting here drinking water Yeah, that's, that's, what like, that's exactly what you would want, right? And high protein to, you know, allow the body to have all the tools to heal itself. Yeah. And, you know, the fats yeah. are like helping with inflammation and everything like that. So yeah. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And and I, I'm sure it's not easy to digest all of that stuff right now, but it, you're definitely yeah. kind of on the right course to getting there. What about anything else? Like, are you practicing breath work? Are you um, obviously journaling? You're doing a lot of that. Yeah, I do. I read a lot. So... I think I've read about 10 books now. Wow. Um, I love reading. My TV doesn't even really work. Um, so I read a lot and I read a lot of uh, self-development books because I think 
as humans, we are the we can only have control over ourselves. I can't control you. I can't control what happens to me. I can only control what I do and how I react to the circumstances that life throws at me. So the reason why I love reading the self-auto-development books is that it helps me to have a different perspective. And that's why people love motivational quotes, because it's a different perspective. It's a different person with a different life experience, giving them another point of view. And then they go like, ah, oh, that's interesting. That's, I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that changes. So reading these different books for me, it gives me ways of seeing that I, I, I never thought about before. And it goes like, oh, all right, that's, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I like it. I can use that on my day to day. So so that's what I've been doing. I've learned, my friend was learning me how to uh, do crochet. Yeah. But I'm very bad at it. I must admit. <laughs> it's not your birthday is it yeah oh my gosh no I love it because it's so it's something that requires so much focus Mm -hmm. that you can't think about anything else so that's amazing yeah it's amazing but I'm terrible (laughs) who knows maybe yeah I'm just reading and um having naps you know trying to sleep I'm terrible with my breathing so I'm sorry breathing exercise people you know i'm terrible at that you know need to practice more sorry um but i have i'm being just you know writing i write a lot mm-hmm. just what goes in like in my head mm-hmm. just let it flow yeah and um and yeah and then i tried to um i've been trying to write my posts on my instagram in a way to um inspire people and uh, give them a little bit of hope and try to make, you know, a change a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you are, honestly, like from from seeing, you know, comments and, and the posts themselves. I love this headspace and I wish we could all adopt this a little bit more and people's situations, as we had said, like who knows what's coming at us and who knows, you know, what has people have gone through. So I just think it's, it's amazing and refreshing to see, you know, a lot of um, positivity in a, in a pretty negative world right now, hey? Yes, exactly. And I think like that is my my only hope and and, and wish is that with, with my posts and with what I'm going through is that everyone could find inside themselves the courage to embrace their pain and their struggles and use this as a platform for them to evolve and make the best, uh, the, the, the greatest life in the best way possible for them to have a great life. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to um, to do now with my Instagram. I've always been like, you know, motivated and I've always been like, you know, a happy person. But right now I'm just trying to say to people like, look, life gets us all, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. just just gotta it, it depends on how you look at life you know mm-hmm. and you, you determine is how you look at life so yeah that's 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 what I've been driving me every day and that's what I'm trying to pass to people I love it so short-term goals obviously heal up as quick as possible then get back on the mat what are your what are some of your long-term goals um so 
I think for me, it's um, having life as a a form of living and just being able to compete in different countries and use that as a way of like paying my bills and ma- being my main focus, right? Mm-hmm. Because right now I still have a full-time job and I, I'm a full-time athlete. So, so my lifetime goal is to be able to rely only on my fighting career and, you know, maybe one day write a book and be like, hey, people, you know, this is my story. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Definitely. No, that sounds awesome. I love it. Um, going through this whole experience, obviously there's so many lessons that you could educate others on. And I think you're doing an excellent job through social media to do that. Is there one kind of resounding lesson that you would like to instill upon others or um, even like a younger self going through some of the things that you had gone through? It sounds like there was a pretty big change up a few years back into the more athletic realm. So yeah, just kind of a, a final thought of a big life lesson. Do not think that you are that special and that life is going to stop for you to heal your wounds. Mm -hmm. Life is going to come at you and you're not going to be ready. Mm -hmm. So what you can do is be realistic and take the best lesson that you can and try to be the best version of yourself and don't be the negative energy in the room. Bring the energy into the room. So be the best version of yourself because you don't know how long you're going to be here for. Yep. No, I love that. That's so great. I appreciate your time so much. I know it's uh, you must be getting, well, not, not even bored. You said you loved your own company and you're getting through lots of books. So boredom wouldn't be it, but I know a lot of people are asking for your time. So I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, I'm going to run to the hostel now and get my uh, bandage changed. So Wicked. You'll have to keep me uh, posted on how your progress is too. Yes, I will. And thanks for having me. Thanks for the chat. It was, you know, it's amazing having the opportunity to um, share a message to everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's been great. Awesome. So where can people find you and and kind of read everything that you're doing? Um, So you can find me pretty much on Instagram. Uh, So it's Athena underline underscore that thing there uh <laughs> martinez with the Bose. um uh, I'm, I'm trying to post these interviews and podcasts on my youtube page which is i think just athena martinez um but i'm not very good with technology so mainly find me on instagram and that's it guys awesome are you uh, open to people reaching out to you as well I reply to all the messages, Whoa! all the messages, all the comments, you know, everyone. And I have like, you know, hundreds of comments and I reply to all of them because I think people want to be part of my journey mm-hmm. and I want to show them how appreciative I am of them to be in this with me. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Again, I thanks for your time and, and, yeah, you're inspiring me for sure. I love reading them and I love seeing, you know, the opportunistic side of, of everything that's going on right now. Thank you. 